It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome once again to CBJ 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. It is the Monday Mailbag Edition here today. And I'm once again coming to you live and direct via Twitter on Twitter Spaces, which means that you can be a part of the show. If you're joining me in this Twitter space today, all you have to do is request to ask a question, and I will uh, go ahead and bring you up, and you can do just that. It is very simple to get on the show today and talk about the Blue Jackets or whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't matter to me. You know me. I don't care. Whatever is on your mind is exactly what we will do today. But we won't do any of it until I tell you about the good folks over at Telhio Credit Union. Telhio Credit Union has been part of our community for so long, and the reason is because they take care of their customers so well. So many different services that they have, so many perks they have that go along with those services. You know, Telhio Credit Union, unlike your regular bank, you might find that you're going to get not just better treatment, but you're going to get a little bit more bang for your buck. To find out uh, what they have that might appeal to you, all you have to do is go to their website at tellhio.org. You can surf around, click on the tabs. Any questions you have, you can find the answers right there. And if by some chance you don't find the answer, all you have to do during business hours is go ahead and click on the uh, live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. Somebody will pop right up, and they will help you find out uh, what it is that you are looking for. Telhio Credit Union, has uh, it's open to anyone in central and southwestern Ohio. They are federally insured by NCUA. All right, for the Blue Jackets, a little bit of an up and down here in the last uh, couple of days. Uh, Blue Jackets played a great game on uh what day was it? I'm getting my days all mixed up. Friday night, because Saturday was day off, which was, uh, that was crazy. Uh, very seldom, as you know, do we have a Saturday off. So uh, Friday night, Pittsburgh was in town. The Blue Jackets played a good game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They got on their heels early, and they fell behind one to nothing before Gus Nyquist scored his league-leading fourth shorthanded goal of the year, and that gave the Blue Jackets a 1-1 tie that they were in. It was a 2-2 game then going into the third period, and then the Blue Jackets ran into their troubles, penalty trouble. They uh, committed a couple of penalties. There was a five-on-three. There was a leaky goal that got through Jonas Corposalo. Before it was all said and done, the Penguins had won the game. Five to two was the final score. Sidney Crosby walked away with a hat trick in that game. And as good as it felt for 40 minutes, it didn't feel as good after 60 minutes. But at the end of that game, at least you still knew that the Blue Jackets, uh, they came there to play. They were still shorthanded. There was no Gavrikov. There was no Boquist. There was no Sillinger. They were all still in the COVID protocol. But they came out there. Uh, They gave it their best effort. They hung with the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are red hot right now. And I really don't think there was a lot to be ashamed about in that game for the Blue Jackets. Again, the effort was there. That wasn't a question. Then Saturday, as I said, was the day off. And then last night, the Blue Jackets take on the Ottawa Senators, a game where Ottawa had played the night before in Washington. They had lost their game. They were up 2-0. They gave up the lead in the third period, and they lost it in overtime. And then last night, the Blue Jackets just quite simply could not score goals. Uh, they get down one to nothing in the first period. 
Then in the final minute of the first period, final 30 seconds of the first period, as a matter of fact, Jake Voracek throws one toward the front of the Ottawa net, and Sean Corrales redirects it in, and it's a 1-1 game. And again, you feel pretty good about it. And then the Blue Jackets later have a breakdown. Tim Stutzla gets behind the defense, goes in one-on-one with Elvis Merz-Leakins, gets the goal, goes up 2-1, to one, and the Blue Jackets tries they might to continue to put pressure on the net. They just could not get the tying goal, and they lose it by that 2-1 to one margin. So... It's uh, it, it was a tough weekend. When it comes to wins, it was really tough because there weren't any. But it was two different styles of game. You had one that had a lot of energy. That was the one on Friday against the Penguins. Uh, a lot of effort. And yesterday, even though Gavrikov and Sillinger came back to the lineup, not that you're expecting either one of them to be that big goal scorer. It's not like you know your top goal scorer is coming back into the lineup. I don't mean this, but they just couldn't get the offense going. Uh, even though when they would create opportunities, they just couldn't finish on those opportunities. So, um, you know, it's uh, it was tough. It was tough to go through, and that's the way it is right now for the Blue Jackets. It's going to be back to work again on Wednesday night because the Calgary Flames will be here. The New York Rangers are here on Thursday. Then it is off to Montreal for the weekend on Sunday. And then next Monday, the Florida Panthers are here leading into the All-Star break. So if you have a question, if you're with me on Twitter Spaces right now, you can go ahead and make a request to join the show. I've already got one of those I'll get to in just a second. But also, I have uh, emails that have been sent to me. I had questions sent to me via Twitter as well. Uh, just regular questions from people that aren't going to be on the show. but Well, not their voice, but I'll read their question. But anyway, I want to get to uh, this first email question that came in to get things kicked off here today. Hey Bob, Jonathan in Grove City here. Just wanted to start out by saying that where the Jackets are right now, I think is ultimately where we all expected them to be at the beginning of the season. Um, So I'm trying to not feel too disappointed after watching some lackluster and and frustrating games because this in the overall scheme of their rebuild is probably for the best. Overachieving at this point doesn't really get them very much. Uh, And and ultimately we, we want to see the young guys develop Um, but still be able to get some more good quality draft picks in uh, to really make sure that we do the rebuild right and are a Stanley Cup contender hopefully in a few years. Um, So so that's why I keep telling myself at least to try to uh, stomach some of these uh, performances, we'll say. So that being said, I'm looking towards the trade deadline in the not-so-distant future at this point with the idea that anybody on this roster could get traded. Um, there's certainly no untouchables. Even Zach Wierenski's not untouchable if the offer's right, and, and I recognize that. But what I'm curious as, of all the guys that are the top the top targets from this team, if you will, you know, Corpus Salo, Line A, uh, I've heard Roslovic, certainly Domi, even, you know, a little bit of Voracek or Nyquist, um, any of those guys that you think the Jackets should really preferably hold on to as opposed to deal at this point. Um, I'm just kind of curious, you know, obviously if the price is right, you do the do the trade. Nobody, again, is untradeable. But I'm curious if there's any of these guys you really like as a part of the rebuild process, either for leadership or for the players that they are or the players they could become, whatever. And again, let's count out the rookies. Um, but besides them, is there anybody on this team that you really think they should stick with as opposed to trade unless just they get a knock your socks off offer so thanks bob i appreciate it have a great i think we see things just a little bit differently here to be completely honest with you and here's where i think that we differ in the way that we see it um i i think first of all that um i, I don't see that zach Wierenski is a guy that you're you're looking to move i 
I guess if you want to make the if you want to uh, make the assumption that yeah, you're just trying to get as many assets as you can. Look, you have to have something to build around, though, don't you? You got to have something to build around. And to me, Boone Jenner, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Zach Wierenski, those are your building around pieces. All right, and and plus, Wierenski just signed that contract. And who's going to take that now? And who would you want to give them to? And, and what do you think you're going to get for that? I, I just, I don't agree with that one whatsoever. Um, however, uh, I will say that, um, you know, some of the other guys that you mentioned, then I will, uh, you know, I, I I can see it. I, I get it with them. Again, Max Domi's on an expiring contract. We've gone through this a couple of times. He's on an expiring contract. He has value. I'm sure they're going to try to get the value out of him. Um, Corpusalo, I think I'm at the point I'm going to stop talking about Corpusalo getting traded until he gets traded because I've talked about this for years, and he's still here, and um, they need him to be here right now, quite frankly, to be honest with you, 100% honest with you. So, I, you know, he's still he's on the list, but for goodness sakes, uh, there's a lot of goalies that are out there. There's a lot of goalies that are available. There's a lot of goalies that can be had in different ways. So um, I I don't know. I, it's, I almost feel like I'm beating a dead horse with this one. You know, is it going to happen someday? Yeah, maybe we'll just talk about it then because it's it's just it, every week. Every week we go through this with him, and it's it's just not going anywhere right now. So um, let's see. Where, uh, where else should we go from here? Uh, again, Nyquist, he's playing really well right now. Can you get value for him? Uh, I, I think you can. I think you can get value for him if you decide to do that. Roslovic, how much value can you get for him? You have to decide, is he going to be a part of it or is he not going to be a part of it? That's, you know, that's what's happening as these guys play. Line A is the biggest question mark because I've said this before. I'll say it again. He's 23 years old. He has scored 40 goals in this, uh, in this league before. Do you give up on him? The real question is, what are you going to have to pay him? Keep him long-term? I, I just, for me, look at yesterday. And you can make the argument with me, well, he didn't score a goal, so I don't know what you're talking about if you say it's a, a team that needs scores, and then what are you talking about keeping him? He didn't score. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. But in the big scheme of things, it's true. This is a team that needs scoring. That is a guy that not only has potential for scoring. Oh, there's a lot of guys that have potential, and some of them are never going to live up to it. Never. That guy has lived up to it. It can come back. I think it will come back. So, But, again, it comes into the price tag that you're going to pay, and there's there's a lot of other factors there. Are you going to get some incredible deal? Let's all remember here, too. Let's be honest about this. I think this is where we all get kind of crazy. At the trade deadline, what are you really getting? Like, what are you getting at the trade deadline, um, you're, you're going to get a, even if you get a first round pick, you're getting a first round pick that is near the end of the draft, right? I mean, it's, it's, and Yarmo's been able to parlay these things. I get it. I understand. Okay. But, um, you know, here's the thing. It is, uh, it, just remember what you're getting. A guy like Liney has got to be a summertime trade. Don't you think? I think so. But as far as, to me, the untouchable guys are Boone Jenner, Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, Zach Wierenski, and my list ends there. Anywhere else you want to go after there, and, and maybe line A. I'm going to put line A on my list because of everything I just said. He's on my list. There's four. I, other than that, whatever you want to do, you can just, I'll listen. I will listen to anything. All right, let's go to Twitter spaces right now. Jordan is standing by. Hello, Jordan. Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, glad to be here, Bob. You know, my question is, I mean, if you look at the uh, at the uh, protocols, 
how long do you think Boquist will be on the protocol? And do you think he'll be expected to make a return on Wednesday against the uh, – who did you say we were going to play? I forget who it was. Calgary. Calgary. You know, with Calgary, I mean, on the other hand, Calgary's got a much better record than what we expected. But Elvis played lights out in some areas. And some people don't like, you know, how he was playing and how we gave up the goals and everything. But, you know, I mean, hey, things do happen. <clears throat> but, you know, you know, I've heard that uh, some, of, some of the rumors I found on uh, Facebook, they told me about the rumors between, you know, both teams like, you know, like um, – Buffalo or Ottawa would be another one. And you got like some of the players that are actually the key components who you would get back and who you would not get. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Buffalo, Buffalo or Ottawa involving who? What are you, what are you talking about? So like some of the players like Matt Murray could be on waivers, but they did clear him off the waivers. Yeah, he was on waivers. Matt Murray was not only on waivers, he was in the American Hockey League for a month. So he's back and he's playing well now. Are you talking about goaltending? Are you talking about teams that are looking for goaltending? Yeah, yeah. If Corby were to ever get traded, like, who would you pick in any of the teams? Who would, who would you see in return, you know, help, like, the Domi and, uh, you know. You're not going to play. You're not going to get a player for Domi. You're going to get pick. You're going to get a pick, and you're going to hold out, and you're going to try to get – you're going to try to get a first round. Yarmo's going to do what he did last year. He's going to try to leverage teams – that are in a big need. He's going to try to pit teams against one another to, to bid for the same guys, and he's going to try to get the highest return. But I, I think if – I, I would not expect – this is my opinion. I would not expect to see – if Max Domi leaves, I wouldn't expect to see a player in his place. No way. No, 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 exactly. You would have to see, like, you know, Christians that could be in the spot. You wouldn't get a trade from Domi. No, no way. I mean – if, if the oh, you're gonna you're gonna get a trade. You're gonna get a trade, but you're gonna get a pick. That's my point. You're gonna get a pick. Right, 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 right. Even from the draft pick, absolutely. I mean, you could you could see that happening. You know, honestly, I mean, what what do you think Elvis has improved on, like during the during the season? Like, how do you think he's improving? And like, you know, in the goals against average, what what do you see from him that other goalies don't see, or the other like you know his teammates don't see in him? I don't think I see anything in him his teammates don't see. I think his teammates see all the same things that I do see. I, I the, the the biggest improvement he's made to me is uh, there are two things. He catches the puck. Well, I was going to say he catches it much better. I'm just going to say he now can catch the puck in his glove. Two years ago, he couldn't <laughs> catch the puck in the glove. It was like two blocker pads out there. And uh, right. so that's one. And the other thing is I think he controls rebounds better than he used to. There are still the occasional games and occasional times where – he gives up lively ones, and, and that's not good. But for the most part, I think he does a much better job of rebound control. And in all fairness and all honesty, I think it's because, remember, when he first came over here and played, he came right from the European ice, and he came to the North American ice. The angles were different. It's smaller. Everything was new and different for him. He did not go to the American Hockey League and make the adjustment the year before, so he had to do all of that on the fly. So I think he's made those adjustments, and, and that's noticeable to me. Nope, I, I totally agree with you, Bob. Honestly, I mean, if you would have seen, like, even some of the guys, like, from the roster, I mean, you got, like, and people always would judge, like, just because they think, like, you know, Felino, now that Nick Felino's gone, what do you see the point of, you know, seeing in block trades? Like, who would you expect to see, you know, getting a return, like, pick-wise? If, if we were to pick, like, picks, like, 
who would Yarmo choose, and how would he, how would he do the camp stage? If 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 anybody were to pick, I could see Yarmo picking. You know, like like Flurry for once, he wouldn't he wouldn't you know reach a. It depends on what kind of deal he would like, because I mean, after all, he is a Blackhawk. Are you, are you Most, talking about goalies about getting another goalie if one's to leave? That is true. I mean, is that I mean is yeah, if Corpy leaves, I'll tell you exactly, Jordan. Thank you. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen if Corpusalo leaves. If Corpusalo leaves uh, via trade, then what's going to happen is uh, it's going to be Elvis and more than likely Daniil Tarasov or Elvis in some kind of a veteran backup. I'll tell you what it's going to be eventually. Quite frankly, it's going to be Daniil Tarasov and a journeyman, Martin Jones, Brian Elliott, uh, Curtis McElhaney type. In my opinion, that's that's what I think that it's going to be. Um, down the road. I'm not talking about next year. I'm not talking about after this trade deadline. I'm talking about maybe a year and a half, two years from now is how is how I think maybe that it uh, shakes out. Bjork Swag is now joining me live. Welcome to CBJ and 30, the Monday Mailbag. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. Um, thanks for having me. Your beauty as always. Um my question is, are we in on Chikrin and or Klingberg? I cannot. Why, I, why would we be? Why would this team want either one of those guys right now? Um, well, I'm just speculating basically on um, Klingberg wanting out of Dallas. I've, I've, I see him as a good fit on our decor. Um, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying either one of those guys wouldn't be a good fit. Either one of those guys is fantastic. Chikrin is going to be uh, a top defenseman. You already have one of those in Zach Wierenski. Klingberg is probably a, you know, he'll be a two. So, yeah, they, he can fit in. But w- once we start talking about where are you in your, or if you're rebuilding, those two guys probably are not guys that you're bringing in here right now for the money that they're going to command is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's that's where I wanted to get your opinion on it because I don't see either of them coming, and I see a lot of people speculating about it. Well, it's, it's, easy to get, it's easy to get fired up, right? I mean, if you say yeah. Jacob Chicker and Blue Jackets, you go, oh, man, and he and Andrew Peek are good buddies. This could, this could work out really well. But, again, don't forget there are finances involved, and that's not going to hit this year or next year or the year after. But, you know, eventually it's going to. And what if you're not a playoff team this year or next year and you're starting to be the year after? That's when all of that's going to factor in. So I understand people getting – jacked up about it. I, I I surely do. Absolutely do. No question. Right. I saw fans around the league saying that they're going to have to offer like Johnson and all kinds of nonsense for him just for Chikrin. And I was like, hold the phone. That Could you imagine right. how asinine that would be to send Kent Johnson to Arizona for Jacob Chikrin? Right. It well, made me laugh. Yeah. Well, that's all you can do. That's all you can do is laugh because those people are stupid. They're just stupid. Right. I mean, that's never going to happen. You have an offensive starved team who has what looks like could go from a college scoring dynamo to a professional scoring dynamo, and you would trade him for a defenseman? I mean, right. that would that that is I've heard of stupid things, but that's in the top three. Mm. Right? Am I right? Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely agree. That's what I told him. Well, good. I'm glad you did. Way yeah. to be on it. Way to be on it. One hundred percent. If it There's comes no up, way you can. You co- can't ask for Kent Johnson for Jacob no, Chikrin. You can't ask for Kent Johnson for anything. Not even Patrick Kane right now because he's old. You just w. go with the new guy. You know what I mean? Yes. What if he's the next Patrick Kane? Could you imagine sending him somewhere else and watching that develop? No way. No way, no way. Thank you. I do appreciate you 
being on the show today. It's a lot of fun here on Twitter Spaces, doing a live CBJ in 30. Got uh, some more requests right here, so let's let's add some more and uh, see what, what we come up with uh, next here. Donald would like to be on the show, so let's bring in Donald and see what is on his mind, if we can do just that. Hello, Donald. I think Donald has his mic off, and he's on here, so anyway... Oh. Hey, hey, there he know. is. There you are. Go ahead, Donald. Sorry about that. It's all right. Hey, yeah, we were talking about Tarasov earlier, and, and I, I caught a lot of flack on Facebook, as most people do when they debate anything. That uh, Why would you debate was... on Facebook? Why would you? Why would you? What, just explain to me the logic in all of that. Can you do that, Donald? No, we don't have time. We don't have time. Take the whole show. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. I had too much time on my hands. That was easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but when Tarasov was playing, I saw him live in, in – in Washington, D.C. He has such poise, and especially for being a rookie in America for the first time, and I just, I saw I think what you can see, too, when you were talking about him, maybe not next year, but coming up soon, he's the guy. And I, so I, I, I appreciate you, especially having a goalie son, having the same sentiments I have. And I guess my question is, what's up with him? We, we know that he was out for for a bit and he's still out and I just I guess I haven't seen anything on Twitter or anywhere about his status and how he's doing. So, it's the old lower the body update. lower body injury and he's still out because of that from that um that game off oh, goodness sakes who to get hurt against? The one uh oh Carolina on New Year's Day, the one that I swear this team would have won that game if he hadn't gotten hurt. Exactly. I I he really do. I just thought it's, it's been so long that we haven't heard any updates at all. So yeah, I guess with goalies, no, we just expect it to take forever. Yeah, well, you know what? It's yeah. When you hear uh, <laughs> goalie and lower body, those things don't go together very well. You know what I mean? Right, because, right. Because yeah. that's where they're doing the bulk of their work from the from the waist down there. So yeah, he's still injured and uh, still working on getting better. But but I think listen, like you said about my son was a goalie. It, look, I this guy, anybody in the right mind could see a guy that's six five. And moves as athletically as he does, and takes up as much of the net as he does. Uh, he's got a really good chance to be a good NHL goalie for a long time, right? Absolutely. And again, back to his poise. When he was playing against Ovechkin, he he wasn't phased. No, he, he he stood in there. No, he didn't you know? care. He didn't care. Yeah. And even when he, he lost the games, you know, he lost in Dallas. He he had to get on a plane in Cleveland in the morning and fly to Dallas and play his first NHL game. It's like, hey, let's stack the deck against you, kid. He didn't care. He just went yep. to work. And that's what I like about him because, you know, that's – if you're going to be a goalie – and, Donald, thanks for uh, being on the show today. I do appreciate it. If you're going to be a goalie, you've got to have that kind of uh, – you've got to have that kind of demeanor, to be honest with you, because you got to be able to shake stuff off. You don't take anything personally. If you have a bad game, you have to put it behind you and you have to have a good game on the next game. And, again, that was a terrible position to be in that day, to have to fly from Cleveland to Dallas and start – for the first time in the National Hockey League, he didn't care. He just went out and he did his job, and he did it really well. So, yeah, he's going to be something to watch. The time is not now for him, but uh, the time is coming for him, in my opinion. Hey, let's go to uh, Scott as we go back on our Twitter spaces. Scott, welcome to CBJ and 30. Hello. Hey, can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Hey, uh, thanks. Uh, with the rebuilding team and uh, one of the youngest teams in the NHL, uh, how does the development of our players uh, kind of stack up and the development coaching stack up against NHL? And uh, where do you kind of see us fitting in? And do you think it's a, we're in a good spot and good hands? Thanks. With the, uh, 
are, are you comparing – are you saying is the coaching right there with the players? Are they developing in sync? Well, well I just I just kind of wanted to know with uh, being a young team and being kind of in a rebuilding phase, uh, are we in good hands with our developing, uh, yes. development coaching staff, with Nass and those guys? Like, I mean, he's a great player. Is he, good, is he a good coach? Uh, do, we, do we have a good core for some of these young guys coming in and trying to get uh, their experience and, uh, you know, uh, sharpen their iron? Yeah, I I, I I think that it's uh, perfect. Uh, thank you, Scott. Um, I think it's perfect. Look, Brad Larson is a teaching coach. Okay, he is uh, he's a guy that started in the American Hockey League, and he is a teaching coach. Has been a teaching coach. He now has a young team. Uh, the veterans that he has on this team, he's been with as an assistant coach. I think this works out well. Uh, the addition of Pascal Vincent coming from the Winnipeg Jets organization. Has been very good. Uh, guys react to him very positively. Um, he, he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. He he has a way of drawing up plans and then explaining them to you in a very uh, simple way for you to understand and just go out there and execute. And he he just he has good rapport with the players. And um, you know Steve McCarthy coming in and and being a rookie defense coach. Uh, I know the defensemen love this guy and the way that he handles him or handles them. Sorry. So. Um, it is, uh, yes, this is a good, this is a good development coaching staff for a team that is developing right now. I, I really honestly believe that, that it is, um, that's, that's how they are. So I think it is set up, uh, extremely well between these, uh, between the coaches and the players, the way that they are at this point in time. If you'd like to ask a question, all you have to do is go ahead and make a request on uh, Twitter Spaces. Now go ahead and let you in, and and you can ask whatever question you would like. Uh, I have some email questions too that I've been sent. Uh, Bobby Mack at BlueJackets.com is where the email questions come from. Uh, Ryan Marchone says Patrick Line is very frustrating to me. He had that beautiful shot for a goal on Thursday, and you can see the talent that he has. He just seems to be too inconsistent, and he seems to always be turning the puck over and he doesn't compete for the puck often, in my opinion. He hasn't played like a superstar on many occasions. He is supposed to make others around him better. He shouldn't need others to make him better. So far, with the Blue Jackets, he has seemed like a one-dimensional player, and as much as I hate to say it, I don't think the Blue Jackets should give a big contract to him with the way that he has played the majority of his time in Columbus. This is coming from a person who, at the beginning of the year, was the first to defend him and wondered why others wanted to trade him when his age fits the timeline of the rebuild. What are your thoughts? Well, I kind of went through it uh, just a, a bit ago, uh, to be honest with you here, um, Ryan. But I, I just think I think the potential is too great. The money could take you out of it, but I think the potential is too great to really consider because, as you said, the, uh, the age, you're on the timeline with him. And, yes, he should be making others better and not others making him better. They're, they're still He's 23 years old. He's still not mature yet. And I think that's part of the problem with Patrick Laine. Sure isn't the velocity of his shot. Getting a shot on net can be, but I get that. But, um, yeah, I, I think he'll mature uh, a little bit more. Let's go to Colton. Hello, Colton. Welcome to CBJ and 30. How's it going, Bob? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, I have one question. Uh, there's some rumors going around about Jacob Chikrin, and I was wondering if you got any insight on that, see if the Blue Jackets are actually that interested or anything you've heard about around the rink. No, we talked, and uh, you may have missed it at the beginning. We talked about that a little bit uh, ago. I, I think that um, you know you'd be dumb not to look at the player you're, you're going to call if you're Yarmo, and you know that the guy is uh, available or that they're listening. You make the call and you find out what what they're looking for. 
And but I don't think I just I just don't see how he fits into what's going on right now with um, you know the money that would be involved and what you're going to have to send back the other way. It would, like to me, it would be almost putting a hole into this retooling that you're trying to do because you're going to have to take out some assets that well, first of all, a first round pick is going to be involved in that. And you have two of them this year. One is your own. The other one is Chicago's. There's the potential that both of those could be top 10 picks. So I don't know that you want to, I mean, if you're really trying to rebuild this thing, then sending one of those away just doesn't seem to make sense. So right yeah. there, right? I mean, right there, because you know that's going to be part of it. It just doesn't seem like it would be worth it, does it? Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I think we have a lot of young prospects that are, you know, um, you know, playing right now that are going to be good you know, for our future and offensive defensemen. And I don't think that's really a defenseman, another one that we need, you know. We already have enough of those. If you were going to the playoffs, if if you were, if if this was a couple of years ago and you were willing to part with assets because you felt you were going to not only get into the playoffs, but you could go deep in the playoffs by adding this guy on your blue line, we have a completely different conversation. That's not where this team is right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And here's another question. Let me ask you a question about Jacob Chickard. If you're the Arizona Coyotes and you have nothing, why are you even talking about getting rid of this guy? Because who are you going to build around? You're going to build around nothing? I don't get it. Yeah, I think they're, that you know organization is just a little confused, and you know they've been scrambled for so long. They're really confused. They don't even know where they're going to play I, next year. That's how confused they are. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of pressure, and you know someone's trying to do something, and I think that's the whole you know just of them you know seeing what they can get for him. Yeah, good point. Colton, thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, if you're on Twitter Spaces with me, we're doing this uh, Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 Live. All you have to do is request to come on the show, and uh, you can ask the question that you want to ask, be it about the Blue Jackets, be it about whatever you want to. Uh, Back to my email here, uh, Tom. Or no, I'm sorry. This is uh, from Brian. It's from Brian. Uh, wonder what your thoughts are on the direction of this team and its identity. We have skill on the team, and they know how to play hard, but they lack—they seriously lack consistently consistency on a nightly basis. I need you guys to ask the questions. I can't read them. They lack consistency on a nightly basis that I find hard to blame on players' age. The last few years or so, during the torch years anyway, opposing teams knew when they played the Blue Jackets it was going to be a grind, although on rare occasions this season – we have shown we can still play a skilled, hard-fought game as they did against the Penguins the other night. Now, I know one could say we have a new head coach and staff along with new players or players that have been elevated to the team this year and being integrated to the system. But from my perspective, I can't put my finger on what needs to happen to make the team consistent and have an identity. It seems like a myriad of things when in the zone we seem to pass too much, other nights not enough. They get good looks and they shoot wider than that and it turns into a chance the other way. They seem to constantly be outshot and out hit. And uh, yeah, so all of that, I've, I've, I've read enough of that, Brian, I, I get it. And, and you're right, but it's just, they do pass too much. And it's, I think in many ways, many ways, they overthink, they overthink too much. Sometimes they overthink. Sometimes they don't think at all. And that's what, the, that's where the, the, that's where the tightrope is, right? That's the tightrope that you're walking. You've got to put it all together. And it's different guys on different nights. It is just, uh, so what's the explanation for it? This is pretty much where this team, this is where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, right? And they overachieved. 
and they were 12 and 6 after 18. They did a great job. And they are going to they're going to do a great job again. And there'll be times this year they'll do a great job. Carolina, 6 nothing. You got to be kidding me. Perfectly played game. But then they turned around 2 days later and it was their worst game of the year. So you're just going to have to learn to endure this. You don't have to like it. You just have to learn to endure it because it is what it's going to be here until until you get the young guys that are here that are fully acclimated to the National Hockey League. So you got to have that happen. The older guys that are here, sometimes they have to stop doing too much or sometimes they have to stop doing too little. So it's it's a balancing act. And right now, it's it's just not balanced enough. All right, let's uh, let me go to Twitter at Bobby Mac Sports, and uh, oh, I got some I got some here. Uh, Maddie says, "How do you think Alexander Texier played at center during Cole Sillinger's absence? He was fine, but he's back on the wing. That tells you how well he played at center. And listen, everybody from the from the minute this guy got drafted, it was talked about." he was going to play center in the NHL. When John Tortorella was here, he would say, I think Tex is going to be a center. I think eventually this guy's going to be a center. Okay, maybe. Maybe. But here's a fact. When he goes on the wing, he really plays well. Really well. He's talked about it. He said at the beginning of the year when he was at center, he was just overthinking things. And he got on the wing, and the job was simple especially playing with Corrali and Robinson. The job was go straight, go to the net, battle hard, get the puck, shoot the puck. Very simple, right? He's just been better there. So he did okay. He was, he was, yeah, he was okay. He's not going to go there right now. Maybe if there are some deals that are done between now and the end of the season and a center position comes open, maybe he goes back there again. But he, he still has, I, I to me, he still has a lot of work to do at the center position. He's got less work to do at the wing position. Why is that? Because there's so much responsibility at center. The defensive responsibility, the taking away the middle of the ice is a lot. And on the wing, it's a little bit less. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. You just want to see him thrive wherever it is, right? He's going to be a better winger. Then he is a centerman. Great. Put him on the wing. Put him on the wing. Lauren says, what are the odds? I Now, Lauren, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought this was a joke question, but I think it's real. So I'll, I'll answer it as if it's real. It says, what are the odds that we trade a goalie with a pick or another player, if necessary, for Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl? And I think it is a joke because there's a one of those blushing smiley faces at the end. Because we all know that ain't happening. That ain't happening. They would never trade either of those two guys. And oh, by the way, even though the goal total would go up, neither one can play defense anyway. So there you have it. Uh, (laughs) That was easy. That was an easy slam. Easy, easy, easy slam. Jody says, uh, Emil Bemstrom seemed to disappear during games like Alexander Texier did at the start of the season. Would it be better for him to play in the American Hockey League for a bit to help his game? (sighs) I got to tell you. I got to tell you, Jody. I'm going to preface this answer by saying that I like Emil Bemstrom. He's a really good guy. He really is. He's a good guy. He's a good human being. 
That being said, what he has not shown me to be is a good National Hockey League player. Your question says he seemed to disappear during games. During games. I I have... I am still waiting for him. This is year three. I'm still waiting for him to show exactly what he is, exactly who he is. He came over and had these great goal-scoring totals in Europe, and he was the, what, he was the the highest goal scorer in the Swedish League or whatever it was, the youngest, highest goal scorer, blah, 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 blah. But he just hasn't shown it here. He hasn't shown it here. And he will go and, and play a game like Carolina, where he gets in there and he gets the first goal of the game and he's digging in the crease and he gets the dirty goal. And I watch that and I go, maybe this is the day. Maybe this is the turnaround. And then he's gone. He has a great first period in that game. At the end, I think the overall game in Carolina for him was, eh, okay. First period was great. Not just the goal. The way he played, the way he showed up. He was there. He was visible. He was everywhere. And then he was not everywhere from the second period on. Okay? So that was an okay game. I can even take the Florida game out of it because nobody showed up for that. That was terrible. Okay? But this guy is supposed to be an offensive dynamo. This guy is supposed to have this great shot. Remember? And I still think... Well, here, let me finish my sentence. Remember when Artemi Panarin left as a free agent and it was being said, well, we've got this kid, and he's got a great shot. He's got a great one-timer. He's going to be great on the power play. I still think it, it is of my opinion, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. That was a lot of pressure put on that kid to come in right after that guy and, and to feel like you had to score a ton and make up for that. Not only do I think that was a lot to ask, and I understand why an organization does it. I absolutely, positively understand it. Because understand it because you believe in the guy. Your scouts have watched him. You believe in him. You've watched the video. You've watched him live. You've seen what he can do. You get it. You understand. You're like, yeah, he's going to be able to do that. But then there's a human factor. And to me, the human factor is young kid comes to North America and feels a lot of pressure to do something that he probably is not ready to do. And he does it in the National Hockey League. And I said this at the time, and I'll say it again, because there are things I don't understand in life, and this is one of them. When his agent makes the deal for him to come over here, part of the deal is that he cannot go to the American Hockey League until I I think he could have went after Christmas or something. But he had to start the year in the NHL. And I just don't think that helps. I don't. That's my opinion. But I I think you're robbing yourself of development that you may need as soon as you say that. Yeah, you're going to make the money. You're going to make the NHL money. You're going to make a lot of money. But my question to you is, and, and look where this guy's sitting right now. After three years, are you still going to be making that money in the National Hockey League or are you going to be back in Europe? And if you're over there, I guess you're going to make a lot of money and maybe you're fine with that. Maybe you are, but I I just don't understand the, like, to me, like your question is, would it be better for him to play in the American Hockey League? You're asking me, my direct answer, my personal opinion, direct answer, 
is absolutely. Absolutely. Because now, look what happens yesterday. Sillinger comes back. Who's the odd man out of the lineup? And oh, by the way, did you think it was going to be anybody else? Because I didn't. When you just looked at the some of the parts, he was he was the one that just you who do I take out? Well, you take him out. Because putting Sillinger in in his place gives you better production. Not just because he's a centerman, just because it just gives you better production. So so now he's in a situation where he's going to have to battle to get into the lineup. And how long is he going to have to wait to get into the lineup? I don't know. Now, once people start getting traded from this team, there might be a lot of guys that are going to get a lot of time and they're they're going to get their chance and it's going to be a, uh, here, you're going to be in there every day. We're not going to take you out. And you can either sink or swim. Maybe, but it's not that way right now. So uh, would he benefit from playing there? I think he would. I, I think that he would have benefited from playing there the last couple of years, quite honestly. I just think that there are things to learn. And I know sometimes I say that and people are like, oh, the old guy here, he, he came up through the minor leagues and so he thinks everybody's got to go through the minor leagues. If they don't go through minor leagues, I ain't going to be able to play. No, that's not true. I think Cole Sillinger plays just fine. And other guys have done it and they've been just fine. But I think there is something that is very valuable to learn there. I really do. So uh, that's my opinion on it. But play in the American Hockey League or, or sit here and not play, you know, those are that's kind of where that's kind of where you are with it right now. Let's go back uh, to Twitter spaces here. And Coleman Groove is going to be uh, on right now. Hey, Bob. Uh, Robinson, love watching him play hockey. Love the opportunities he makes. Don't like the, how he's converting. Is hanging out with a good score going to help him? Or, or how do we get him from great opportunities to great goal score? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Because remember during the summer when everybody was concerned that the Seattle Kraken might take him? You remember the panic about that? Yep. And he had seven goals, if I'm not mistaken, last year? I think. Anyway. Yep. He had seven. How many do you think he could have had last year? Just a guess. Ballpark. Um, probably 15. Probably, I would say, about 12. So, yeah. Okay. So we're speaking the same language here, right? This has always been the problem with Eric Robinson. The speed. You can't teach the speed. That's not a problem. Utilizes that very well. It is shooting the puck. And so many times, and it does, it, it, it drives me crazy too. So many times he's hitting the goalie right in the chest or he's putting it off the glass. And I I I think I think I'm like you. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I every time he goes down the ice, I got my fingers crossed and I'm like, come on, Eric, just Let's put it in the net. Let's start doing that consistently because you root for the guy, don't you? I mean, you do. Completely. Absolutely. He's he's such a good guy. He's so fast. He's big. And you just want to see him achieve that next level and stay at that next level. But I don't know. I know he does extra work. I know that he, um, you know, he, he's getting the chances, but it's all about finishing. And that that is his, his biggest hang-up right now is just finishing – on those good chances, I guess all you can do is hope that he keeps on creating them, and um, and then maybe 
one or two go in, one or two more go in, and he gets the confidence factor, I guess. Yeah. Well, I know Rick Nash is a scout. Yeah. But I, my crazy idea whenever I'm uh, arguing with Blue Jackets fans is, can we get Nash to put some skates on and skate around with this kid and give him a teach him a scoring mentality? Um. Well, I, I, it's a good question. I understand your question on that. Uh, and Rick is a development guy, actually. He's not a scout. He's a development coach. So, oh, okay. you know, you're still, you could make the argument that you'd still be developing there. But, um, you know, it's funny. When you say scoring mentality, to me, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I think it's, I, I think that there are guys that just expect to score. And maybe it's because they always have scored and they don't know any other way. And then I think there are other guys that hope to score. And I think that Eric Robinson is a hope to score guy. And how do you get from the hope to score to the expect to score? I don't know if even Rick Nash can make that transition for you. I, I don't. I, you know, I think to me, and call me crazy, I, I think it's like anything in life. I, I think it's things in life. When, when you do something in life that you know that you're good at and you go to do it, you just expect to be good at it, Right. And other things where you're trying something new, sometimes you're going, eh, man, I hope this works out. And I feel that Eric, sometimes it feels like he hopes it works out. But I, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you 100%. I wish, man, I'll, I'll tell you this. If there was a, an easy formula to make it happen, uh, and if we could bottle it, we could get a percentage of that contract he's going to get next. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember when, when Boone Jenner kind of went through the same thing over the last couple of years where now he's converting, it feels like, all the time. Yeah, well, don't forget, though, Boone did have a 30-goal season once upon a time. Yep. And then it went back the other way, and then, you know, he was going through injuries and stuff like that. And I've thought about that a lot this year, but here's what, here's what I thought about. Here's a funny story for you. Remember, Boone has the 30 goals, and we come into camp the next year, and on the, the first day of media availability, I'm interviewing Boone, and – I'll be honest with you. It was it was my first day too, and I was not. I was like, I had about half a mind of what I was going to ask question wise. I was not as prepared as I should have been whatsoever. And I remember going up there, and I and I was interviewing Boone, and one of the questions I asked him was, "Can you do it again?" And he looked at me like, "Are you serious with this?" And <laughs> but he was great. He he answered it well. But at the end, he goes, "Tough questions on day one, Bobby." And I, I, I just looked at him and I go, Boone, it's first day of training camp for me too. <laughs> you know, so I think of that story yeah. all the time with Boone because it was like, it became an expectation and then it didn't happen for so long. And, and now it's starting to happen again, which is kind of nice. Right. Yep. Definitely. So yeah, that's Thanks, good. Bob. I like that. I like that comparison. Thank you. Thanks for uh, being on the show today. And once again, I'll do this here for another uh, couple of minutes. If you want to get on uh, Twitter spaces, if you have a question that you would like to ask me, uh, you can just go ahead and make that request and uh, get you on the show here, and we talk. We can talk about whatever happens to be on your mind. The Blue Jackets, again, they've got two more games to be played this week at Nationwide Arena. The Calgary Flames are coming in, and the uh, New York Rangers are coming in. Both of these teams are having very good seasons. Uh, the Calgary Flames, I think, uh, they were surprised. There's no question they were surprised because they have gone through a lot of stuff, uh, you know, with – a couple of years ago, they they lost their head coach in Bill Peters. Uh, he had to he had to leave. Jeff Ward finished the year as the interim head coach, and then Jeff Ward got the job and and he was um, he was uh, he was in that job. And then he they they played really badly, and 
and he was gone, and uh, all of a sudden, then uh, Daryl Sutter came back. The least likely thing anybody ever thought would happen is Daryl Sutter came back, and uh, and he's done great things. I mean, it, people always say that uh, these old coaches and their 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 way doesn't work with today's player. I don't buy into that. It depends on the player. It depends who the player is. And there's a group there, obviously, that is listening to what he's saying, and uh, they're playing well. Am I reading this right on, twi- on Twitter spaces? Like, is it really Stinger that has requested to come on the show? Like, for real? Can't really Hi, be. Hi, Bob. It is Stinger. Hello, Stinger. I have a robot. <laughs> yes. Who is your favorite mascot and why is it me? Who is my favorite mascot and why is it you? Well, Stinger, um, who else could it be? I didn't even know that there were other mascots in the league. I I don't even notice them. Don't notice any of them. Great answer. Goodbye. Thank you, Stinger. I'm full of great answers. <laughs> what an experience that was. That seems like a good place to end it, doesn't it? I think it does. Uh, so thanks to all of you that uh, joined the show today uh, from wherever you are. I really enjoy doing it like this, and it's a great interaction. It's great to talk to you and um, you know, hear your opinions, hear your thoughts, and, and go back and forth on this. So it's a lot of fun doing the Monday Mailbag Edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union here on Twitter Spaces. Next game for the Blue Jackets, as I said, is coming up on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. They'll take on the Calgary Flames. On Thursday night at 7 o'clock, the New York Rangers will be in town. You can get tickets for those games by going to bluejackets.com or you can get them through the Blue Jackets app. Oh, I had something else that I wanted to uh, throw out there, and I got to look it up because I don't want to I don't want to get the information wrong because that would be terrible, but uh, I do want to tell you if you are a high school senior or if you know a high school senior, this is really important. Uh, the Blue Jackets Foundation offers two $10,000 educational scholarships for graduating high school seniors who have shown a commitment to hockey, leadership, academics, and extracurricular activities, and also wish to further their education beyond high school. $10,000 scholarship. Two of them are going to be awarded. Now, the applicants for the scholarships are currently available. Applications for the scholarships are currently available. And the application process closes on January the 31st. That is one week from today. Okay, so if you are a graduating high school senior or if you know a graduating high school senior who has shown a commitment to hockey, leadership, academics, and extracurricular activities, make sure you let them know to go to bluejackets.com slash foundation to apply for one of those scholarships. That ten grand will take you a long way. It won't take you all the way in college, but it'll take you a long way, and it will be very helpful to you and your parents as well. So anyway, I just want to let you know about that. Only a week remains. So that is very, very important. All right, that's going to do it for this Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.